If your neighbors don't feel safe, you don't feel safe. If your neighbors feel sick, you will feel sick. If your neighbors feel love, you will feel love. So the peace cannot occur without giving the Palestinians of Gaza their rights. You're listening to Gaza Up Close, a podcast by Gisha about what happens when two million people are denied the basic right to freedom of movement. I'm Lethal Firestone. Looped throughout our episodes, you have heard snapshots from households in Gaza facing electricity crises, struggling to access clean water, and blocked from accessing the resources they need to build their homes and communities. Senior officials in the Israeli military and government, as well as representatives of the international community, have spoken continually about the importance of reconstructing Gaza. As the occupying power, Israel has not invested in developing infrastructure that can support the growth of Gaza's population and continues to hinder the maintenance and improvement of existing infrastructural systems. It imposes a strict permit regime and greatly limits the entrance of necessary equipment and specialists into the Strip. Gisha's field coordinator in Gaza called me to give me his perspective on the impact of these restrictions. Hello? Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, I hear you very well. Okay, it's working. My name is Mohammed Azaz. I'm from Gaza. Uh, I'm working for Gisha uh, uh, since 2009 until now. Mohammed and I had to speak over a video call since he is very rarely given a permit to leave his home in Gaza to meet us in our offices in Tel Aviv, which would be just an hour's drive away. We were lucky he had electricity to do the interview at all. Now in Gaza in this summer, we are in May 2019. We uh, have like eight hours of electricity on, following that eight hours of electricity off. Um, it's like the, the usual routine of electricity for the Gazian since 2006. The supply of electricity sold and provided to Gaza by Israel, in addition to the electricity produced by the Strip's sole power plant, only meets about half of actual demand. The chronic shortage was exacerbated in April 2017, when Gaza's power plant had to stop operations due to a dispute over purchase of fuel between the Palestinian Authority in Ramallah and de facto Hamas authorities in Gaza. The Palestinian Authority then requested that Israel reduce the supply of electricity sold to Gaza by 40%, which they approved and implemented from June 2017 until January 2018. In November 2018, the Qatari government began donating fuel purchased from Israel and transferred into Gaza where it's converted to electricity at the Gaza power plant. Today, the electricity supply is the highest it's been in several years, and yet still hospitals, factories, schools, and households in the Strip have to cope with long blackouts. Mohammed told me that the people in Gaza are forced to adjust their daily routines around when there is electricity, and have become normalized to this way of life. But not everyone takes it as a given. Oh. 
my children can't understand why there's no electricity and this this like an open question that usually raise why we don't have electricity and we cannot yani, clarify for children who are seven or eight years old about all the crisis happened between Gaza and West Bank and also about the Israeli control of Gaza. For hospitals in Gaza, the volatility of electricity access could mean a case of life or death. It is, it is, it is in the emergency situation when there's no fuel and they just need to come down to six hours and to four hours. It was like a, a big crisis for, especially for the patients in the hospital who need uh, like a, a, a life-saving issue. Or they are in, in ICU, which which the electricity is needed 24 hours. In the absence of adequate electricity supply, neighborhoods overflow with sewage. Millions of liters of partially or untreated wastewater are dumped into the sea every day, and the shortage of clean water is further exacerbated. According to the UN, some households spend an average of one-third of their income on purchase of water from the private sector. The water that is purchased is itself often still polluted, and children especially are vulnerable to waterborne diseases from drinking it. It's like a difficult challenge, and it's like a big challenge for the Palestinian, because as you know, water and life, there's like a, a big connection between water and life. And without healthy water, you will not find like a healthy people. And you cannot live. I think that it's like a, a big responsibility for, for all the parties, especially for Israel, because it's yeah, we control the movement uh, over Gaza uh, and to let the Palestinian yeah, build their infrastructure, especially in water. Mohammed said people in Gaza are trying to rebuild their infrastructure, but are met by various restrictions that delay and obstruct. The Israeli authorities restrict entrance of goods that they consider to be dual use, meaning items that are primarily civilian in nature, but that could also have military uses. Almost everything that is needed for maintenance and development of civilian infrastructure is on the list of items that are restricted, from pipes and valves to chemicals, it's clear there are valid security arguments to be made about the military value of many of the items. Yet the management of the list as a whole is problematic at best and arbitrary, disproportionate, and even punitive at worst. Sometimes you ask them to import a material, so they give you the construction materials, but they didn't give you a vital issue that you need, for example, the pipes. You need like a big pipes, so it's a prohibited, and you have to wait like a month and month. So the project is stuck. Mohammed emphasized that the vast majority of people in Gaza just want to live a normal life. You'll find people who love the life, and they need to continue their life. They go every morning to their work. And if you don't have work, they get up very, very early morning and go to sit at the sea. 
and looking at the future. As we think about Gaza's future, it is clear to Gisha that Israel must allow free movement of people and goods to enable economic growth, opportunities for personal development and normal family life, subject to individual security inspections. Thanks for listening to Gaza Up Close.